Yo, what's up, everyone? Welcome to the Dez Inside podcast. Yo, two guys just talking to everything Arizona, one with a geezer perspective and one with a cool perspective. So tune in, listen, and get what you want out of this. <laughs> and as always, Suns and Four. All right. Freaking A. What's good? What up? Dude, trying to get bad bunny tickets? Impossible. You should be you should be proud, Desi. Latinos are fucking taking over the concert scene with a force. You guys bring your whole family to buy tickets. Dude, it's literally impossible. I li- what's crazier is it's cheaper to go to Peru and see him than it is to see him in the United States. Flight ticket included. What a phenomenon. Oh, it's it's what something. It's what a start to our podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Desert Side Podcast. Oh Man, dude, I really need to start paying attention to the live button. I just don't see it until like you already see. I was not looking. I was just talking. <laughs> oh my well, god. That's probably my favorite cold opening that we've had up to this day. <laughs> oh shit. Episode 33. Pippin. Got the Scotty Pippin. Pippin episode. What's up? Not really. We won't talk about Scotty Pippin at all, but <laughs> I always love to associate numbers to players. It's always fun. I think everyone likes that. I was literally going to ask you who your 33 was. That's Scotty Pippin the- easy. That's like Pippin. instant. Don't even got to think about it. Uh, what was Bird? Wasn't wasn't Bird 33? I think it was like 32. What, was, what is Bird? Look it up. Stat fan side, let's go, buddy. I'm pretty sure. Oh, he might be 33. You're right, but like, I don't care. Scotty Pippen, I ain't Larry Legend, dude. Yeah, I mean, but like, you, I didn't like, watch. I mean, he is an indie guy, he's from Indiana. I know, uh, I know. I'm but, just really surprised because I remember you saying that you would put him over KD. Yeah, uh, well, I watched chat. his game, not his number. Okay, <laughs> I didn't look at his jersey number. <laughs> and in my defense, I never really watched Bird play live, like, I was too little, and then he phased out. I don't. I don't even think he played during the dream team. I think he was just on the team. <laughs> Regardless, okay. Thirty-three. Welcome. <laughs> yes. Episode thirty-three. Uh, Coming out. Desi, the Desi. I have to tell you, uh, I went to an escape room for the first time this weekend. Have oh, you ever done God. an escape room? No, I, I've seen enough uh, shows and things that tell me all the things that I need to know about it, that I would probably hate it, but you would hate it. You're not a mystery solving kind of guy, not a big brain type of person. I get too frustrated. You see me get flustered when you throw uh, a curveball at me. I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) I'll say I did a super villain themed one with a group. We were celebrating Alana's birthday with some of her friends who hadn't got to celebrate yet. And it was a really, really good time. And it had like some cool tricks and stuff. And I, I won't spoil it because it, I think people should experience it and go in kind of um, in the dark, so to speak, and really just, you know, use your brain and think and have fun with it. But then it got to me thinking. It got me thinking. Desi, we have, you know, we had the showdown of four amazing quarterbacks for the most part, minus Jimmy G's play. But even he kind of showed out last night. And I was thinking about it. Desi, and I have two questions for you, and they're all around the escape room. One, out of the four quarterbacks that played this weekend, 
Who do you think would be best to take into an escape room with you to assist and tell me why? Out of the four, I can only choose one. Yeah. I mean, he's our background right now. Let's go, Joey B. <laughs> I just feel like. Why are you taking Joey B? Just I just feel like he'll figure it out, man. He figured out yesterday how to how to not get hit, how to run when he's supposed to. I just feel like he w- would just make the right the right decisions. Okay, I'm rolling with Matthew Stafford. I can see that too. he's been through hard times, tough time. He knows how to persevere. <laughs> And in an escape room, you're going to really need to know how to persevere and kind of win when things are stacked even against you because they they really are. But um, then it got me thinking, you know, we also had the All-Stars announced for basketball, starters and reserves. Yeah. And I'm going to force you to pick a starter from the West and the East that you're taking to an escape room that you think you're going to win with. First of all, hold on. Knowing our audience, they probably are already like, Desi doesn't even know who's starting. So <laughs> before I even continue, do you actually know who the West yeah. and East starters are? That is the first and foremost question. All right, if you're asking me <laughs> put the starting five up, I, I couldn't do that. I don't I know who's starting the for the East or West. I could I probably could do the West better than the East right now. Um, well, at, the, at this point, we have to make you do it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we might as well, right? Yeah. <laughs> Just kick it off <laughs> my uh, high performance fanhood. Um, all right, so let's go on the west side. I'm gonna go ahead and go with. I know Andrew Wiggins is in there, and he honestly was gonna be my that's first. That's the biggest pick. controversial. Be- yeah, starter. because that's who I was gonna bring in uh, to this escape room. And be like. You're just the wild card. How did you get here? You got to be able to get us out. Like you're I'm gonna the, tell you how he got there. But you're the staff I'm member gonna... that got implanted into our friend group, and I don't know how you got here, but for some reason, you're gonna be the person to get Do us. Do you out. really want to know how Andrew Wiggins got voted in? Yes, he had K-pop stands come to his <laughs> rescue, and they have they do tip for all of our listeners. Don't. <laughs> ever piss off the k-pop community don't ever because they come in full force on twitter and they will either prop you up and and put you on the pedestal that you deserve to be on or or in andrew wiggins not so much deserve to be on or they will destroy you um and they will take over anything that you love and they will own that hashtag they will own the tweets and they will they have a crazy k-pop army so the k-pop army came to andrew wiggins rescue and put him in the starting five and it started a big controversy on Twitter because a lot of people are like, well, uh, okay, the, the elephant in the room is there should be at least a Sun starter in the starting five because we're the best team in the in the NBA right now. We still have single-digit losses, and yep. people are playing out of their minds. I, I, stat fan side, this is a fun fact, and yes, I'm going to brag on the Suns for a little bit, but in yep. the month of November and January, they had a 0.9% percent something winning um percentage it's never been done in nba history so they had two months of the highest winning percentage ever within the season it's it's just a new i mean a new i guess stat and it kind of feels espn-y but at the same time it just shows that they've been winning and the argument the counter argument is and this is what a lot of people come to defend the wiggins nomination at least against a booker or or a chris paul is well wiggins is a ford 
And Chris Devin Booker's straight up just a shooting guard, and Chris Paul's a, a point guard, right? Isn't Braun starting at the five for the All Star team? He's starting <laughs> at a forward spot. So what they did, okay, what they changed <laughs> was, like, what was it, it was basically two forwards or three forwards where it could be forward center and then two guards. But my okay. point is, in today's league, and it's not just this year. In the last ten years, we've transitioned from strictly a one, two, three, four, and five to positionless basketball. I mean, yeah. you just the the key guy is LeBron James plays center half the time, plays point guard half the time. So then KD who's the plays. Five? Is it Jokic? It is Jokic. Okay, so then the one is Steph, the two has got to be Ja. Um, yep. Yeah, that that's because the three, the three is what I was looking at with Wiggins, and I was like, I was actually gonna put this in our text chat, but I was like, what the hell is he doing here? <laughs> well, the K-pop stands and the fact that he plays for Golden State got him in there. Um, so I'm surprised you do know the starting five. So I'm proud I of do, you. Yeah. But Good job. On. I don't know this uh, this K-pop reference as it pertains to Andrew Wiggins. Is he Korean? No, I don't. I think of I. <laughs> here's my tinfoil hat theory. I think the Warriors <laughs> or somebody supporting the Warriors organization that has a pretty nice uh, checkbook utilized one of the famous K-pop artists to tweet about supporting Wiggins and then the army came flooding in with their Twitter fingers and trigger fingers flowing. Okay. And they got him because there was, if you tweeted, you could vote for players and okay. there was a lot of days on Twitter where your, your tweets counted for doubles retweets counted. So, you know, they went ham and there's and Kendall, the power of Kendall Jenner is mighty, but we have clearly seen the power of K-pop mightier they took down the kendall jenner <laughs> attempt <laughs> or the overthrow that she tried to put on for devin booker <laughs> and if you don't know a Dang lot it. of people were waiting kendall was she hadn't tweeted about devin and then on one of the like the first day that that votes counted as double she tweeted uh it wasn't enough you know oh well anyways back to my original question here now that we've named the starting five of the okay. west at least who okay. are you taking the escape room uh and again why? i'm going i'm going with this andrew wiggins okay uh, yeah i gotta know why you're picking Andrew. well yeah i just told you why because <laughs> he seems like the type of dude that is the staff member that, that got implanted into your friend group to help you if you get stuck and because he is one of those people like one person doesn't belong here I, i'm gonna go with the wild card so i'm gonna go with andrew wiggins and all of his k-pop stands in hopes that He'll help us. Okay. All right. Fine. Weak, but fine. <laughs> okay. 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 Your take so was as you, weak who, as him getting into the story. Yeah. Five. <laughs> so. Well, now I'm interested in yours. You know, I'm gonna say job. There's some flashy answers. I, no, I'm not gonna say job. This is gonna catch people off guard. I'm actually. I want Jokic <laughs> okay, for multiple why? reasons. One. He's going to do everything. He does everything on the court. So he's going to do everything in the escape room. He's going to like try and help and he can contribute to every little piece that you're trying to get out. And then my backup plan is if I can't mentally escape, I have the power of Jokic and his physicality to break the door so that we can get the hell out of that room. Okay. <laughs> so I got a plan B and a plan C if you with Jokic. All right. And his <laughs> brothers will definitely get us out if we really need to get out. Okay. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're going to know that he's in some sort of distress because they have like monitors on his heart rate on their watches. Also uh, like out of the five, <laughs> out of the five, I feel like he's the easiest one that you could actually like 
negotiate and talk to and, and think strategy with LeBron's just going to try and dominate you and like own the, you know, yeah. the moment. And he's not going to let you really contribute. Steph is just going to freaking mess around. Yeah. Steph is going <laughs> to goof around and like, yeah. like, you're like, dude, you're fucking up all the clues. Steph. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. And he's just like throwing Why stuff in just, the air yeah. and he's like running around. He's Why like, do you oh, have your mouthpiece on while we're doing this, by the way? Like why? <laughs> jaw is just too cool. Like jaw is like looking at I'm the just cameras cool that are watching him. And he's just yeah. like, yo, like, Hey, I'm, I'm not a, I'm a solve. I'm a solve one but that's all i got for you you know <laughs> this is my yeah. first time he gonna keep he'll keep reminding you that it's his first time doing it he's gonna room. solve one yell buckets and then sit down on his phone and just chill yeah, like, yeah man dude. it's my first time in here so i'm gonna let y'all do it okay yeah. i'm just happy to be here <laughs> and then yoke is hard worker you know doesn't hard, complain big hard worker big glue guy <laughs> i'll take it um Okay, let's move to the East. Who's the East start All Stars? <laughs> yeah, this is where I'm like, what? Yeah, he has no idea. Uh, hey, let's go with uh, Demar. We'll go with Demar Derozan. Well, I really thought he would be the one you would definitely forget. But okay. <laughs> okay. I, know. I mean, I think if you get him, you can get the rest. Uh, okay. Uh, definitely. And anytime you say Demar, just pause. Anytime you say Demar, I always think of the Drake and Will Ferrell clip. I literally was just thinking that now. Demar, too. you say it, the less I Demar, like it. The less. <laughs> Demar, Demar, Demar. That was so good. That was uh, so good. Good um, job, Drake. Um, all right, so I'm gonna go. Uh, obviously, Giannis will be up there. Okay, so we got two. Uh, KD will okay. obviously be up there. How come I can't think of who the one is? I hope to God it's not Kyrie. I'll lose my mind if it's Kyrie. Um, I can't tell you who the one is. So I got three out of five. Go ahead. Well, who given the, the escape room theme, let me nudge you. Okay, I'll yeah. give you the hint of Jero. Oh, Ice Trey. Okay. Huh. All right. Who's the then fifth guy? The fifth guy. I think I named everyone else except the five, right? Mm-hmm. Who the heck would it be the five? Oh, duh. My bad. Joel Embiid. All right. Good job. I'm actually impressed. You know, I would give you a cookie if you uh, if we were. It would be a, it would be like a gluten-free cookie, you know, just to make sure we're on the health scale still. Yeah. No, I mean, I want gluten. Good All job. Right. So, I hate the trade nomination. I'm sorry, Ro. Uh, but bad team. Guess it doesn't matter when you when you're Trey Young, but when you're a bad team and you put up Devin Booker numbers, it matters. So uh, and yes, yeah. yes, I'm ranting. I, there is, I, there, I think either. this rant is deservedly so. If you're a sports fan and you've been paying attention to the season, you know that the Suns have never been really that great until recently. And mm -hmm. so th that part I understand. They don't have the the tenure or the the reputation amongst the league to even deserve some stuff. Yeah. But the fact that this team came off of a finals appearance last year, and, and it's not like they got dominated, like they were all close games. Yes, they lost 4-2, and they were up 2-0. I get that, rightfully so. Mm -hmm. But there's been snub after snub after snub. Last year, it started with Coach Monty. He didn't get Coach of the Year. And now Tibbs doesn't even have a 500 team this year, and he's that's and they have the same roster. They're supposedly and that's your coach of the year. That was your coach of the year. We bring back the same roster with some bench guys, and we're the best team in the NBA. So now, rightfully so, Monty gets the he's the coach of the West this year for the All Star, and good. But then moving forward, the MVP conversations have constantly been there. CP3 is always towards the bottom of the talks because his numbers don't always represent his impact on the court. Yeah. And then Devin Booker, I mean, it speaks for itself. If you've heard us talk before, 
there's been a long standing against Devin Booker for whatever reason. And when he does everything he's supposed to do, he still doesn't get any accolades. But when a guy like John Morant comes out of nowhere or Andrew Wiggins puts average numbers up because Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, the league likes jaw and I I like jaw. So nothing against him, but Andrew Wiggins, I'm sorry. Like your average, like I literally saw a comparison of Andrew Wiggins, averages and Boyan Bogdanovich off the Utah jazz. And they were the (laughs) same. If not, I think Bogdanovich had better numbers. Mm -hmm. And the narrative has always been, Hey, you can't be an all-star if you're putting up great numbers, but you're on a bad team. But then the narrative yeah. changes when Trey Young is here. Because he's literally on a bad team right now. Yes, they're on a winning streak. I'm going to acknowledge that. But they have it. They barely started a winning streak and barely got over 500 recently. Yeah. I don't know, man. So <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know either. So Devin's back- kind of a villain. He's kind of, if you really want to think about it. He is like people made fun of him for the mascot thing. Uh, when he had the the Toronto mascot, uh, I don't know, I, whatever you want to call it, right? The debacle, and it was all jokes. But ever since then, they haven't lost a game. Just for anyone who's counting. Yeah, I also I also heard an interview of his where he, you know he was talking about obviously I think it might have been the anniversary of Kobe, where he was like I've tried to really personify how I interact in my training, and that also means that I'm not here to like make friends. So it's like. Kobe was very much that, you know, I was thinking about this the other day and I'm sure you and I have had conversations about this. Can you imagine Kobe inside the bubble? <laughs> he would have been the most antisocial person. You'd I ever feel like seen. he would have just bullied everyone. <laughs> he would have been mentally owning everybody. Yeah, oh, you need your mom. Oh, you want your iPad. I'm, I couldn't imagine the trash talk. He would have had. God, that airport. God. like you know, he would have been a bully. Seen Kobe in the, in the elevator. He's just like, like he maybe I don't want to see this dude. Yeah, maybe he like he's not even on floor five, but he hits floor five, and then as he gets up to the fifth one, he just like yeah, five championships, and then just leaves. <laughs> also, like, everyone's always got their AirPods in and everything. You know, Kobe's rocking no AirPods. He no just looks you dead in your eyes every time he, he sees yeah. <laughs> like I, I'll see you on the court. I'll see you in the bubble. I'll see you on the court, and he probably lessens your defenses because he's like, hey, you know, how's uh how's your wife doing? How, how are your, your two girls? And then he probably just comes up with a slight from there. I'm sure he would have. Rest yeah. in peace. Rest in peace, buddy. So so basketball we'll get we'll come back to. We yeah, football was amazing this weekend. Dude. I mean, obviously, I think everybody first off, congratulations, Andy. Yeah, um, our, our staple Bengals fan. Yeah. Congratulations, congratulations to you, man. You did you feel you, his emotions? Because I feel that too. I felt like I would do the same thing. Yeah, of course I felt his emotions. But what I was like, I think what I go back to more so is I've had conversations with him, and, and this speaks to fandom as whole. A lot of times when you're in a position where you haven't seen a playoff game for your football team <laughs> in a long time or your entire life, like you a just win, get one. he just said, he's like, all I want is one win. And then after one win, they get another win. And then we played basketball yesterday, just – we had a pickup game and played amongst each other. And I was like, Andy, you got to, you're playing with house money today. Like if you lose, you lose, like you lose to Kansas city. It was expected. Like that's the narrative. And you, you weren't even supposed to get this far, but if you win, you're, you're in the super bowl. Like you went from just wanting one game to now all you need is one game. And I'm like, I'm sure that resonated with him. And obviously, I mean, yeah, I would. I've, we've seen the Cardinals go to the Super Bowl back in the day. I've seen the Colts go to the Super Bowl. So, like, I, I know that it's not. And a lot of our friends, 
uh, you know, Anthony's seen Super Bowls. Uh, Nico and David have seen Super Bowls, but not all of them won them. And they're not, and you realize that it is not the best part about football is there's so much parity. You're never guaranteed to get there, right? Yeah, it's a lot harder to to go back. I'm gonna, and, I'm gonna jump a little bit here. This is what kind of pissed me off. Uh, and you said it um, when we were talking about NBA basketball and Jason Tatum. He's like, I just thought getting to the Eastern Conference Finals was easy. It was like I thought about that, and it started pissing me off more and more because you're right. We talked about this at the beginning of the season, and I think your take was pretty damn spot on. Like this is literally anyone's league. You know, I think we were in the games three or four when we were looking at who the the fakers were and, and who the real people or the real teams were. And I think even as I look at it now, I I I would have not chosen either of these teams um, to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I just I, I didn't think that that would be. I didn't see a league where either out of the NFC at least either Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers weren't representing the, the NFC. I just, I'll I be honest from the that. NFC. I thought it would be those two, the Rams. And after about five games in, I was like, okay, the Cardinals ha- can do it too. But realistically mm-hmm. before the Cardinals, I was like, it's probably Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, or the Rams. And I say the Rams because there it's not just Matt Stafford on that. That gets them there. Yeah, it's it's their defense, it's their front line, and everything, and that's not to discredit Stafford. Don't get me wrong; we can we'll talk about him in a second, dude. Going back to so- Joe B. On the flip side, I don't think he's taking it for granted. I really don't. I know he's walking in with swagger and confidence, but that's like what you're supposed to do. Like we, he would be looked at and talked funny and say, "Ah, uh, he doesn't look like he would." He would almost get Jimmy G syndrome, where like, yeah, we look at him, but everyone knows he don't got the confidence to win. But yeah, but the way Joe B. rolls up. Jamar Chase, they're playing chip on their shoulder. Fun fan, fun fact from stat fans side, they've never lost a playoff game. Saw that. They've never lost a, a, a collegiate playoff game together. They haven't lost, obviously, in the NFL. And Joe could go down as the first player to win a, a Heisman, National Championship, and a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I think uh, um, the closest to that in recent history was Cam Newton. So, you know, yeah. a lot, not a lot of folks have done that. I, I think, I think it was. Here's my thing. I think Kansas City got super cocky, and the play what defining— was the score at half? Was it— It was 21-10, but they were 21-10. going into the game okay. 21-3. The cockiness, in my opinion, and this is the pivotal moment for me that just sticks out for the entire game, is there's like, what, you know, 10 seconds or some, some low amount of time. It was 13 seconds time. again. Thir- well, it was 13 seconds, seconds, then they moved the ball up. I think it was yeah. nine seconds, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're on the exactly goal line. Yeah. They're on the goal line. Yeah, we talked about this offline, but I, I have to talk about it on the pod. They're on the goal line. Fucking... They could just kick a field goal. You go up 24-10, and you're going to get the ball back at halftime. Yeah. But Kansas City being at home and, you know, with their little lead that they had, it showed a little bit of arrogance, in my opinion, because you're saying, ah, we don't need those three. Let's just go for seven, right? And yeah. then you get stuffed. You've done yeah. two things. One, the immediate one is you've given up points. But more importantly, you just gave that Bengals team hope. They just stopped the most potent offense, at least for the last, what, eight weeks, in the league, on a goal line, at home, in the AFC Championship. you telling yeah, me that doesn't do something for that locker room in the Bengals? It, it absolutely does, because like it was, it was the play you're talking about that they put Tyreek in motion. Yep. Which I thought was unnecessary. You either give him the rock right there and let him run it out. 
but but they they went too flashy and i think obviously this is us being you know monday morning quarterbacks um but you look at it it didn't make a whole lot of sense they got stuffed and then the ship was written kind of by the time they got back so yeah i, I think that there was a momentum shift going into that locker room because i wasn't positive in the first half that the Bengals uh deserved to be there and then they went up uh 10 and i was like all right you know that's a that's a mighty screen, a forty yard screen to to take to the house. Like, all right, that was interesting. It's not even uh, Joe Mixon that did that. And then the game just kept like unraveling a little bit more. And I felt like one of the one of those plays that was pretty damn pivotal is exactly the one you're talking about. That was unnecessary. Punch it in, just to or kick the damn field goal. Yeah, kick the field goal, man. Just take your three. You literally don't lose the game if you kick the field goal. Yeah, you don't go to overtime. Yeah, I I, I know you. And I'm not here it, to champion the for the, the Chiefs. I could care yeah. less. But yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, yeah. like you're 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 a field goal away from going to your third straight Super Bowl. Like, I don't know. You're you're just a little. It was a reality check for Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. I think for both of them, they got a little bit of a reality check. As yeah. good as you are, you're still so beatable, mm-hmm. right? And it, when you don't take guaranteed points and you dance around the field and you think you have it in the bag, remember there's still a second half of football to be played. Yeah. So good, congrats, man. I'm I'm happy for the Bengals. Like it's hard to root against them. Like who who hates Cincinnati? Like you're a weirdo if you hate on the Bengals. Like in all honesty, even yeah. if even if you're in that division and you're a divisional rival, like they've ne- they haven't had relevancy in the division for so long. It's always been Steelers, Ravens for the most part. The Browns come emerging this this year and last year a little bit, but they're not really, you know, no one's really taking them serious because they just. They falter on on pivotal moments in the season. And I mean, uh, again, I think except for maybe your divisional rivals, if you're if you're rooting against the Bengals, you're you're a weirdo in my opinion. Um, but you know, teach their own. I, I, I feel for I feel for some of our friends because when you get to see teams like this get to the Super Bowl, you're like, damn, we could have got to the Super Bowl. Like, I'm sure Taylor's sitting there like, hey, we would have beat. I think realistically, I know it's it's hard to predict that kind of stuff, but if you're saying that this game was in Buffalo and they had the, the Bills and Bengals played, I think Buffalo smacks them. In all honesty, I think he smacked them. Yeah. Um, and that one, I'm sorry, Taylor. I'm sure it hurts a little, but you know, we all probably think that. Well, it's got yeah, it's got to. I I I don't know where I saw this, but it was definitely came up on my feed. Uh Josh Allen had tweeted just the words damn, or he said something like that hurts or something, or pain. I think he just said pain uh when the coin flip w- was being uh obviously executed dude it it sucks as a fan you you want to believe that your team has what it takes and if and I, I like to refer to these types of people or this, this type of fanhood as like privileged fanhood right whether or not you grew up loving the team or you just started loving them when they started killing it you start to expect them to was go that a there. jab at me <laughs> no. fuck off <laughs> If, if for those watching the pod, like the way Desi just said that, and then like looks over like towards my side of the screen. <laughs> nice try, Des. You can fuck right off with that. You know what? <clears throat> I didn't even mean to do that, but yes, I'm talking to you. No, you're not talking to me. Go to, go to hell. Anywho, um, just as as a fan, like I I really respect the type of people like Andy. I, again, we're talking about the Bengals here. I respect the people that just love their team and aren't willing to, to to take off that jersey, if you will, 
and then to express the type of emotion when it does happen for them. I just I, I have a lot of respect for them because I, I, I've been there. And th this is also why I'm such a pessimist, because I've seen us go there and not do it. And it's like, you know what? I'm not going to get my hopes up because you're going to see me in tears this whole time. If I actually do, it's, it's honestly my defense mechanism as a fan. I don't know how you feel about it, but it's definitely the pessimism is more of just me trying to defend my damn fan heart. I think if I'm being honest with myself, I, I mean, I realize I think I care more about the Suns than if the Cardinals won the Super Bowl. I think I had I have a fun like the, my realization was that right like you you mentioned that I always I mean basketball this. is my my true love it always has been if you're born in Indiana I think there's something in the in the water there that where you just basketball is live and breathe like I mean we just yeah. we introed the pod with Larry Legend like that guy's mm -hmm. the epitome of of being from Indiana and loving basketball right and like mm -hmm. so for me. I don't know, man. I just, I, I think I'd be super thrilled. I don't think I'd shed tears for the Cardinals. I think I'd be happy. But, like, I can't say the same if the Suns get one, especially this year. Yeah. Because um, I know how emotional I was at the game when we won it, and it was just game one. So, yeah. um, not to diverge. But, yeah, I respect what you're saying. I think I think having true fandom is, is you know, it, it's it's not to be laughed at or or because there, there's high highs and low lows, and, and we all go through them. So, Sometimes yeah. it just makes the experience that much better or worse, depending on if you ever get to see your team win, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was I was happy with the games. I mean, let's let's kind of go let's go through them a little bit. Um, I definitely, you know, starting on the AFC side, I definitely felt like that play was a pivotal play. From your perspective, what other things do you did you feel like? Oh, this is why the Bengals got it because I have a couple of ones in my head, and it has to do with. With, with your question last week, what does Joey B have to do in order to set himself aside? And it's like, he has to take over in, in pivotal moments. Yeah. I, I mean, for me, that defensive stops is the biggest thing. And I, I hound on it because yeah. I, it did more than just stop them from scoring. I'm, I swear. I, I just know just from you, your defense, just kind of, if you, if you notice the whole offense for the second half was a lot harder for, for the Kansas city chiefs. Yeah. And like, yes, they moved the ball and stuff, but when it came time to scoring, they didn't do much scoring. Like the score is 27, 24. You're telling, so the entire second half, they only scored three points. Yeah. Yeah. So you're that defensive stop. I'm telling you contributed to the fact that the defense was like, all right, if we could stop them on the Let's goal go. line, yeah, we could stop yeah. them the whole freaking game. And they showed that yeah. like, yeah, there was a great field goal that happened to, to tie things up and get it to overtime. But um, the fact that they couldn't even score, just showed me everything I need to know. And then yeah. I think Jamar and Joe not going away from things that work mm -hmm. was huge, right? Yeah. We see we see teams all the time when things don't work out in the first half or they're, they're not working out currently. They try and mix it up. They try and ch change like everything. But Joe Burrow and Jamar and the rest of that offense stuck to what worked. Like they didn't really try and go away from throwing. They didn't go away from screens or like, I just, I didn't see anything like where they looked rattled. Right. Especially in the second half. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's the biggest thing. Like they just persevered. Uh, it was momentum, perseverance, and honestly, a little bit of swag. Like they bring swag and that, and that yeah. you see it on the field. We saw it years ago with Travis Kelsey. He brought swag to mm -hmm. the field their first super bowl that they won like you're seeing the kind of reincarnation of that kind of stuff here 
mm-hmm. it's always I saw a funny tweet every year. There's there's the white guy with swag. Like th- <laughs> two years ago, it was Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero had it in the bubble. Tyler Last Hero. year it was Jack Harlow. And now we got Joe Burrow. So the white boys. So swag. something with the if your last name got a the Uro sound hand ending <laughs> in it, you're gonna have some swagger, I think, right? So we got I like that. I got like that. Tyler Hero, Jack Harlow, and Joe Burrow. We just cracked the formula, baby. Let's go. If <laughs> Joe was from pot. Tucson or Arizona, his name would be Joe Burrito. Burrito. <laughs> uh all right. So I, I agree with everything you're saying there. Uh all right, let's jump over to the NFC side. Wait, before we move on, that just reminded yeah. me. Uh, what kind of burrito is the Cincinnati Bengals to you, Desi? Oh. Well, supposedly they're known for their chili. No, oh. we're not, you don't got to go straight up analogy. Like, I'm trying to give you a layup with your Hispanic roots. <laughs> you always bring up all the freaking salsas in the world whenever we want to talk about <laughs> what kind of snack you want. And now all of a sudden you want to go to chili. Yeah. <laughs> make it make sense. Make it make sense. <laughs> Oh, uh, let's see. Bengals. Um, damn, I'm just going to have to. All right. So for anyone who's ever had uh, Bedia, it's goat, right? And usually what they'll do is they'll simmer a lot of the goat's remains, especially the head uh, in the actual meat that they're simmering. If you go to a real authentic place. Um so I don't know. For some reason, that just reminds me. You know, tigers eat goats. I think maybe I don't know. Wow, so, where'd you go? I'm, I'm wow. gonna go with media. <laughs> what, a, what a turn. Okay, fine. What is what, what would be Kansas City's burrito comp? Oh God, fucking. I'm gonna go with. You know what? And this is what's really, really shading everything about that team right now. And, and he's not even on the team. He's just the quarterback's brother. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and go with Tex-Mex. Get the shit out of, out of my <laughs> face Tex-Mex right now. <laughs> Get the, yeah. What is this? This is not what you told me you were serving me. Get this shit out of here. <laughs> Jackson, what's his name? Is his, his name Jackson, right? I don't care. I honestly don't know. I just yeah, know he's Jackson Mahomes. Mahomes you heard it here first, bro. You're the Tex-Mex of, of burritos and chilies. Staying <laughs> you. Well, as speaking of bringing it out west, you know, with burrito capital of the world probably is uh, Southern California, right next to Arizona. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we we take let's take it to SoFi, man. We get a rematch of the last week. Uh-huh. We got San Fran and the Rams. NFC West matchup, best division in football. What happened? I don't actually. I know what happened, but give me your take. Tell me. Tell me what you know. Where did things go wrong for the Niners? Because it looked like they really had that one. I so did, I, I thought so too. Um, I had some concerns when Debo went down, obviously, uh, but he came back. Um, I, dude, I don't, I don't really know. All I know is OBJ had a day. <laughs> I mean, so All did I Cooper know, Cup. <laughs> yeah, again, yeah, Cooper Cup had a day. Uh, just. <laughs> The first thing that I keep thinking about, I'm pretty sure you've seen this tweet, is like the fact that Eminem and now Matthew Stafford oh, yeah, are, <laughs> are in the Super Bowl are the closest that the Detroit Lions will ever get. 
feel, uh, poor Dude, Detroit always catches strays. I know, man. I, I don't have an answer for you because I felt like the Niners had that in the bag. Can can I say that? Am I allowed to say it? It's your boy screwed it up. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I, you know, you you can't do that to Jimmy G. I will say he didn't. He was not the reason they lost. You don't, don't throw for so two hundred thirty-two yards and two touchdowns, and and yeah, and you're the reason they lost. Yes, he threw the the last minute pick, but he was already going to get sacked. It was like that that I don't hold that play against him. The play that changed that game. I think in both games, there's been a pivotal play. It was that missed interception. I, I was going to ask you. I think everybody knows that. Yeah. And That's and he acknowledged it. Did you see his Instagram? Yeah, he said it. Yeah, he said, I'm going to put this on me. That, sh- that game should have been nine nights. If he picks that ball, it's over, right? 100%. Because here, here's the thing, too. And, and I say this. I, I don't know which chat I said it into. But for the most part, my siblings and I. So Anthony, David, and Nico went on the defensive side like defensive backs. Like I was more on the offensive side. So we will literally have these conversations back and forth. But one of the things that you say to defensive players when they can't catch is like, that's why you play defense. Yeah. Um, I just, again, yeah, I'm pretty sure my younger brother, Nico will argue this because I had asked him the same question that I've asked you on this pod before. Who's the best athlete on the field. And to me, it's wide receivers. Nico argued is like, no, 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 it's DBs because they have no idea where the ball is going and they have to track all of that stuff and also have the same ball skills and the same skills that the wide receivers have. So I, I think it's wide receivers, too. I'm with you. Yeah. I think route add route running in DBs don't have to run routes. Mm-mm. They don't have to worry about timing. All they have yeah. to do is follow him. And yes, he's right. You don't have to track the ball, but we, you also don't have to run a route. You don't have yeah. to know play calls like mm-hmm. to the same degree that the wide receiver does. And yeah. timing is the biggest thing. Like DBs do have to time the ball if they want to make picks, but their goal is not to, I mean, I say that their goal is not to make picks. Their goal is to stop the ball from, from their, their receiver that they're guarding or their yeah. zone being caught. Make That's it, their make number tackle, one objective. Make stop. Right. Like make a, <laughs> stop. make a stop. Yeah. I, I would say, I would say the misinterception is a little bit more. Cause I was looking at it too. And I was I like, mean, that right. ball looked like you were playing jackpot. And yeah. somebody threw up jackpot, and all you had to do was go catch like, it. This, this like, is, come on, this man, that was backyard football. Like, just, <laughs> yeah. just go grab it. Um, maybe the lights were a little too bright. I don't know. I don't. I don't know either. I mean, I've been in those situations before too, where the ball is coming and you don't expect that it's going to come at you because you feel like the wide receiver is going to catch it or someone's going to cut in front, and you're just going to try to, you know, strip it as it as it comes. You know, sometimes it just surprises you, and it seemed like it surprised him because. Yeah. Who was the yeah. ball too? I don't. I don't remember who it was too. But I don't I felt, either. I felt like he almost like fell or something like that, where it might have just been a surprise that the ball was even in his grasp. But I thought about this too after the game. I was like, who do we, who do we put this game on? And it to me, it's always been unfair to put it on one player because no, it's, it's a, not on it's one a team game. Sure. It's a I'm going to say it's actually the Rams. Can, as much as Sean McVay tried to to ruin it with all his terrible challenges, mm-hmm. the Rams offense just. They're the ones who came to play truly yeah. uh, Stafford with, you know, over 300 yards. Like, did you see Odell's interview after the game and how much yeah. emotion he had? Mm-hmm. Dude, he was being caged in, in, in Cleveland. Like, can we acknowledge that? Like he was absolutely, you know, getting blackballed for the most part. Yeah. Because you, you're not, you're not the level of talent he is, or you're not, if, if Cleveland doesn't know how to use him, that's one thing. But to not even get him the ball is another thing because he comes to L.A. in the NFC Championship and has nine receptions with 100-some yards. 
Dude, that means what were you doing in Cleveland, right? Yeah, yeah. The guy Dude, can catch. The guy can play. I think there's something to be said about when you try to create a team culture, um, allowing your players to be themselves within the confines of like what's going to help the team. And I mean, you didn't really get to see him talk about his feelings about not getting the ball or whatever. It just seemed like the team or the organization or even just the media surrounding that team wanted to paint some sort of narrative. Yeah, I they, think they, I think he showed us here, like, I'm that guy still. Wait, I'm that guy. It wasn't me. <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> and I Give told you so. And commercials. I told you so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I should be on Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> Hulu has live sports and it's live sport and the Super Bowl because I'm going to be playing in it. Also, congrats, uh, Josh. Congrats. Yes. I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't try and skip that. And I, no, not... I, I didn't text him or I was going to FaceTime him today and say, hey, congratulations. Your team is actually really fun to watch. I don't like you, but I love you. It, uh, Cardinals piece here. Let me plug it in. It makes me really sad knowing that we've beat. We beat. We we destroyed San Francisco with a backup quarterback. And when they came to to Arizona, we destroyed them. They tried Trey Lance. It didn't work. It, it wouldn't have mattered. They could have kept Jimmy G in the whole game. We would have crushed them. Yeah. LA, we went to LA and stomped LA. LA barely beat us at home. Yep. Um, and, and granted, the playoffs came and it was a different story. I will acknowledge that. But it just pains me to, to know that the team we had was very capable. And yet, coming down the stretch we're so forgotten about because we don't execute when it matters and teams like the Rams do. And it also goes to show sometimes when you go all in on chips, it can work out. We see it happen in basketball a lot, but you never really see it in football where a team literally is like, Hey, we're going all in on, on this Super Bowl window. And it works out for them. Like we, you just don't see big trade. Like Stafford's a big trade in my opinion for, for football. Uh, getting OBJ and Von Miller, like they went and said, "Hey, let's let's really get it all together and you know really what, go for it." You know what really? So I've had conversations with this with Jay Spears um, extensively, <clears throat> and I think if if I look at it and I have to remain accountable, I'm, I'm just jealous that they're willing to make the moves because the type of moves that we make are guys that are on the tail end of their. No, nah, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. I'm don't not. I'm that. going to. I'm going to though. Listen to me. Don't do that, guys. The guys we that just are on finessed the tail... Bill O'Brien for the best wide, rec- arguably one of the best wide receivers in the league. This the and and this current year we lost Bro, Max that... Williams. They went and made a trade for Zach Ertz. Like the Cardinals actually do make the moves. Okay, we can't do that to them. I'm just saying you never see it at the caliber where it works out for a Super Bowl. And in in our case, it was working out until injuries happened. Like we were still on the right trajectory. Um, but for the Rams, they 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 are also in the same pool that we were, where they're like, hey, we see the window. Granted, our window might be a little longer thanks to a younger quarterback, but they realized, hey, all we need is a better quarterback and we can really do this. Yeah. And they went and got it. I think you're gonna see a similar case with a few teams coming up that are going to vie for Aaron Rodgers. I think, I think we're going to see a bidding war come out for Aaron Rodgers because I, unless he decides to stay in green Bay, I know uh, Packers fans are very optimistic that he's going to play out his last year there. Like, why would he leave? But I, I don't know that I'm super optimistic on Rodgers staying. And, and so what I say, I say that because I think teams are going to start to see this formula. That the Rams just put together and say, Hey, we have everything, but X, right? Let's go all in for X and see how it plays out. And granted, football is parody. Uh, anybody can win any given week. 
But I think when you have high caliber guys, they seem to get it done more often than not. Right. And it comes back to yeah. what you always say, Des, is, is culture and, you know, front office and those, those things that the intangibles that don't exist on the field, they mm-hmm. do trans translate to the field. It, and the Rams have a good culture. They've mm-hmm. ne- I've never heard of them having a bad culture. They've had bad stretches in the last 20 years, but they've also gone to four Super Bowls in the last 20, 25 yeah. years. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you you mentioned it. I'm so glad to see you be an emotional fan. It really makes my <laughs> heart happy because for the longest time, it's like, oh, like I, I'm I'm a psychopath. Uh, I have a friend who just stays calm, cool, and collective and cool headed all throughout seasons, like, and just is able to tell me like, Des, it's going to be okay. But I'm I really, still say really... that it's going to be okay. Oh, hold on, <laughs> you wanted to fire Cliff yesterday, okay? I, got I still want to fire Cliff. <laughs> But I think it'll be okay if we fire Cliff. <laughs> but it made it made my fan heart happy because I was like, all right, cool. Like other people feel this way too. Because this if we look at these matchups, 100 percent it's really about when your team gets hot and momentum takes over. Uh I said this already. I did not think that these two teams would have ended up in the ship, but here we are. And just like you're saying, most of the teams who were playing this weekend, we've beat. So it's just, I don't know. It's sad. I don't know if, I mean, who's out there as a coach that I th- would <laughs> would come do something? I mean, I mentioned Harbaugh. Like, dude, bring Harbaugh here. I don't care. <laughs> I don't think he's the fit, no. I think you need a guy that, like, really unleashes Kyler and the offense in the right way. Like, Cliff does at times, but in my we've talked about this before. He kind of gets stuck in his ways. I think you need like a guy like I know I'm, I'm not saying Matt LaFleur, but I'm saying a guy like Matt LaFleur where he empowers the quarterback, but still like Rogers looks great ever since Matt LaFleur has been there, despite him getting older. And I bring up Rogers and stuff because I think he's one of the he, he's one of the guys I kind of look as as far as on the field. He is a role model of what to epitomize when all you have is quarterback talent and you constantly kind of try and, you know, supplement whatever his 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 greatness is i don't bring up tom because i think tom has had exceptional talent his entire time for the most part and this isn't and we can talk about the tom brady retirement i don't think we care i i personally don't care like good for him um i mean it's fine i think he saw i think he's i think he can read between the lines no i it didn't get verified but i heard there's something where like he's gonna announce it next week because he makes more money if he does or some crap i think he's like a 15 million dollar signing bonus some something like that which to me, we were actually you talking greedy about greedy bastard. This dude. Is what... <laughs> Are, shut the hell up. All right, Cyrus. Listen. Hey, I'm if not trying to fifteen million dollars down either. I'll wait a week. Was like, hey, I need you to to if you stay past freaking April first, we're gonna give you another fifty thousand dollars. Are you? Even of if course you're... I'm staying. Okay. April Fools. I'm never leaving. What's <laughs> <Yeah>. up? <laughs> Yeah, I think your other employer is not ever going to let you leave that, but that's another talk for another time. Um, yeah, to me, I was kind of looking. I was like, dude, Adam Schefter, uh, you're kind of an asshole. Dude, nobody <laughs> likes him. You're kind of an he's asshole. A douche. Yeah. Is that okay? Like, all right. No, so it's not okay. We we are we are content creators. I am not going to say that we are a part of the media, but we're talking no, we're, about we're, what yeah, we're media not, is, right? We're not, we're not media people. I don't... I. I feel like that's Tom Brady's news to share and no one else's. You should not be reporting on it. Let the guy. You know what the equivalent is? The equivalent is if you get 
the acceptance letter to the college that you want to go to, and then your mom puts it on Facebook before you get to announce it. Yeah. And you're like, Mom, this is yeah. I'm the or one going baby. to college. That's that's an unwritten rule, too. Like the new baby, like as family members, you don't, don't post say pictures anything. about the baby until they're ready to post pictures about the baby. That's that's an that's an unwritten rule. I wouldn't know. I don't I I'm not in that category of having a baby come yet but thank you for schooling me for that yes don't be an asshole and also you're the only child so like you're kind of an anomaly right now (laughs) fair i'll be your brother i I won't post things on your behalf until you you post so much (laughs) i should post on your behalf right now (laughs) maybe the desert side pod maybe our social guy he posts that you're gonna have a kid before you announce it i already does he get promoted or fired if that happens i already announced it so he can do whatever he wants all right cool um Dude, do you want to hear about my kids this weekend? Yeah, I do actually. Speaking of speaking of kids, go. So I finally got to you know go to a game because uh, I recovered from COVID and all that fun stuff, and, and mm-hmm. I'm allowed. To, I got cleared now. It's like all right, yeah. So I went to practice. You know, we don't have everyone coming to practice, and that's a bummer. But we had you know five six guys, and <clears throat> we had a good practice. And I was like, I was feeling really good about things. Granted, some of the kids are. I will say this: if you've ever coached or want to coach. If, for those that want to coach or have an idea that they might want to help out with kids in the future, coach girls. Absolutely coach girls. And I say that because boys are well, idiots. Like, yeah, they don't, like the girls are more moldable. Um, girls, like, you tell them something and they do exactly what you say. Like, they execute exactly to the T. They don't really – they don't think yeah. – and I'm not saying they don't think for themselves. They're just smart enough to know, like, hey, coach gave me this. Like, so I'm going to do this because I think that's the right thing to do. Yeah. Boys – are one or one or two things. They either think they're too smart, so you tell them something they already like, oh, I already know that or something, or they have no <laughs> idea what the hell is going on, and so it's one ear out the other, and they just do whatever they want on the court. And uh, we, I experienced this with the twins that I have on the team. Uh, so we have the game on Saturday, right? Our full squad comes up, and the two two of our better kids never come to practice. And so me and the other coach are like, hey, as much as if we played them the whole time, like they don't deserve to play over guys that come to practice. I was going to ask you, does that play into? Yeah, hundred percent. We were both on the same page. We said, okay. "Hey, we're not letting these it guys too. Like y'all got to y'all got to come to practice." I it's get not. It. It's not cool. Like, and I think they have another sport. I think they're both lacrosse players, which is fine. I don't. I'm not. Yeah, no problem. But you signed up for this too, and you mm-hmm. committed to this, and it's not fair to leave your teammates hanging dry on practices. So, anyways, Saturday goes by. We're having a. You know, the twins, I, I thought I had taught them how to play zone correctly. Like, I was like, hey, you don't got to worry about a guy. <laughs> Wait, you just stay in this again? area. They're, they're eight, eighth graders, so 13, 14. Okay. Yeah, you should be able like, to play a zone. I was like, yo, you just stay in this area. Put your hands up. Be tall. You know, very, very simple instructions. Nothing crazy. And he left the zone. The kids are running around in a circle. And I'm like, yo, come sit down next I'm to like, me right now. like, yo, own your zone. <laughs> He's like, the, the one, one of the twins is like looking at me like all crazy. And uh, the other coach is like, just stay still. <laughs> he's, he's just running around still. I'm like, oh, my God. So uh, we ended up losing, unfortunately. On a uh, like, we, it was, The score was 13 to 10. <laughs> and it made me so upset because Wait, the, all, fourth, all, all, all four quarters. quarters. Yeah, we just are they eight know, minutes. We, I think they're eight minutes. Yeah, that sounds about right. We <laughs> wait, only scored wait, 10 wait. points. 13 to 10. Is that what you said? Yeah. What the hell? And we actually had a chance to tie the game with a buzzer beater. Like we, we we for whatever reason the kids don't listen the whole time, but when we drew up the buzzer beater play, like we're like just we have an inbound from the side that perfectly flawless. The kid got a great open look for the three. He just missed it. It was fine. Like we're not mad. Uh, and but me and the one coach, how I I bring this up because I want to see how you would react or what you think about this. 
So the other coach, he's the head coach, John. He's a great guy. He's been coaching a long time. And he, he's told me constantly, he's like, hey, man, if, if you want to do this, like, let's get kids like in this this age group because then we can like stay with them as they go through high school because a lot of them play uh, recreational in these leagues through high school just for exercise or fun because they're not the kids that play high school basketball. And so I have that in mind. Uh, I understand that okay. these are not the high school basketball kids. Like you're, you're developing young little minds. We're just we're help. Yeah, I'm just here to help out, like teach some yeah. kids some basketball, have fun, teamwork, all the all the stuff that really matters in life. And so he said to the kids, "Hey, y'all, let me know if you want to have fun, or you want to win games, or what you want to do. I'll match your energy." And that's, I was like, "That's fair." I was like. I don't know how I would take that as a 13 year old. And I, I, so after the game, I was like, John, why'd you say that? He's like, he's like, man, you got to actually empower them a little bit because then they understand that we're not going to give them, we're going to give them the same amount of effort they want to put in. Yeah. And I was like, you think they're really like processing that as kids in basketball? Like a lot of them don't care about basketball or it's not their, their main thing. And he was like, just, he said, just watch and practice. Just watch. What do you think about that, Des? I dude, I, I love it for so many reasons. For and a high I, performance mentor, high how performance do you mentor. how do you take that? It, dude, it's actually pretty damn relative to what we encounter as as fucking adults, if you think about it. In our in our relationships, our careers, anything like matching that type of energy. If you're the type of person who's gonna bitch about where you're at in life and you're not gonna do anything about it, then I'm going to match that energy and say, okay, this is where you're at. However, if you're someone who does not, in this case, you're going to find those kids too. The kids that don't like to lose, they're they're going to start. We have some of them on our team. That's what I'm saying. I they're going to start it. spreading that into certain teammates. Like, look, I'm tired of losing. And then you can match that energy and help them and help them to compete. I, I think it's relative to life, man. Uh, whoever your uh, assistant coach is. Oh, oh you're probably the, the, assistant. the assistant. He's, <laughs> yeah, you're the assistant. Uh, whoever your head coach is, I, I like that. It sounds like a, like a thing Papa Monty would say, except he'd be like way more eloquent and hit you in the gut somehow. See, I'm the, I, I realize what coach I am now. And, and if you're still listening, this is just me ranting a little bit, having fun <laughs> with it, but it's still relative because it's about sports. And like, it's funny cause I don't necessarily act the same way as a player as I do as a coach, which I've noticed for myself. But as a coach, I, I, I like seeing the guys that have promise or talent and want to instill confidence. So one of the guys last practice, I was like, Hey, I'm going to guard you as we do this drill. Like, and all we were doing is basically like, Hey, get by your guy, you know, defensive slides and like do a crossover, go to your left, cross to the right, try and get by the guy that's guarding. And the kid is like putting on moves and, and he's probably one of the better dribblers. And I, I was like trying, I was like, Hey, I'm going to actually put in an effort and like try and cut him off on defense. And he kept mm -hmm. going. And so I was like, okay, I know he can do this. So in the game, I had to like remind, I was like, hey, Asher, come here. He's like, what? I was like, if you can get by me in practice and you know, like I, mm -hmm. I was trying, I, mean, I, I, I was like, hey, I was trying. I wanted to, I wanted to make you work to get by me, but you were doing it. Yeah. Blow by these kids. As soon as I said that, the, like the green light clicked. All of a sudden he starts dribbling, trying to go to the rim and he missed his shots and I don't care about that. But yeah. I was like, what I tell you? That kid can't guard you. I said, the next time you cross over, Pull up a jumper. Watch. Pulled up a jumper. He hit it. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, here we go. And then yeah. he was the one that got the, the buzzer beater shot off. And even though he missed, I was like, dude, don't worry. We're going to practice. And, and then there's our there's our one-handed kid who I love. And he has all the right – he's smart. He I know he knows basketball. But I told him I – was, I was like, hey, man, in practice, we're going to work on it. You're going to drive into me every time, and you're going to learn that 
how to shoot even if I try and block your shot. Because yeah. now he, I saw in the game, you know, this is one of those things with kids. I think Nico, your brother, would appreciate this, and and so would Anthony and David, because they they got kids and and coach have coached and and volunteered in the past. But it's fun to watch you teach something to a kid and then like drill it into them, and then they mm-hmm. implement it like in game time. And I've seen it with one kid. Now I'm ready to do it with another one. So yeah, like, I'm excited. I'm I'm excited. You're pl- a players it, coach, man. I, love I have it. a players coach. Absolutely, I love it. But I also think I would yell at guys if they're older with a little yeah. more like. Um, some F-bombs would be dropped on people. Yeah. I'm kind of interested to see, obviously, as Rory gets older and then I have my little guy, uh, I definitely want to, because my, my dad was involved. I, I definitely want to make sure that I'm involved. In you can send him to the Afrin School of Basketball. We'll take care of him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to send them there. A bunch of hezzies and, and no friggin' defense. What are you talking about? <laughs> no defense. I gotta speak the about UVA no basketball. Defense. Thank you. Thank you. I Let's gotta go. talk about Arizona basketball <laughs> while we still have time. So we've talked about all of our, our NFL stuff, NBA stuff. You know, it's coming. I mean, go you, want, you go. want us to brag about the Suns? I could do that too. But, we could do it. <laughs> uh, people, people get tired of hearing the Suns. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to Portland fans. I'm sorry to Lakers fans. Uh, who else in the West that, you know, that they thought might do something this year? They're, they're not. Yeah. Golden State, I hate y'all. Uh, <laughs> you're the new Lakers to me for this season. The East is wide open. All right, yeah. there's the NBA up until there this you point. go. <laughs> <laughs> no, one thing, uh, this this kind of ties in, right? So I'm talking about coaching. I'm talking about, we're talking about basketball here for a second. Arizona basketball, they had a, a rivalry game. Did you watch the U of A ASU game? I did not. Okay. I did not. Two things stood out to me, and I was texting a bunch of the friends about it, and, and they're going to be like, yep. As soon as they hear this part, two things stood out. One, them boys, I like Tommy as a coach, but I think he lacks the one thing that Sean really had, in my opinion, is getting guys locked the fuck in. Yeah. I think Tommy is a little more hands off and a little more chill. And so I've noticed that in bigger games, we don't come out ready. We come out kind of lackadaisical. We don't, we don't, we kind of are, he's kind of Cliff Kingsbury in certain aspects of like, I think the guys like him, the fans like him, but in certain games, they're not coming out prepared. And the reason I say that is ASU is six and 11. We are the number three team in the nation. Mm-hmm. We just came off a hard loss at UCLA uh, in UCLA. You should be wanting to, you should be out for blood on Saturday. You're on a CBS game. Those games mean something to me. Yeah. I have a I have a special feeling. I don't know. Do you have a do you how do you feel about CBS games, Des? Like when, when dude, Arizona gets to play on the Saturday I'm CBS. So games. so glad that you dude, I have always I will prefer CBS over Fox any day of the week if it's football, basketball, whatever. There's something about it that is just like I don't I don't, I don't, know yeah, can, I don't know how to describe it's like, it. It's like enlightening. I don't know. It's like, just like a feeling. Maybe there, it's like my, my youth comes out or like my memories from like being a kid watching Saturday And they still use all the same, same like, sounds music and, sounds. Like you're right. You're right. It, it is absolutely nostalgia. Anytime. This is me all the time. Uh, on Sundays, if there's a Fox game and there's uh, a CBS game, I'm going to go CBS. I'll no matter who's Fox, playing. No matter who's playing, like, I'll, look at, I'll look at, yeah, of course I'll look at the Fox game, but then I'm like, if it's in a dome or something else, like, ah, I'm out of here. Never mind. I'm going yeah, back. This looks off. more, this looks more joyous. <laughs> yeah. Let me just check this one out. Yeah. And then you got, you know, uh, the, oh my God. Why is this Nance? What's his first name? Is it Bill or Phil? Phil? I don't, I don't remember. 
Uh, we got Nance like on the call, you know, now with football, you got Tony Romo. Um, the CBS yeah, production is what you like. It's just, it's just better. Yeah. So my point is Saturday's a CBS game. We don't even get a lot of those as Arizona. Mm-mm. You should be come out ready to showcase what you are, who you are, what you are on the national stage in a rivalry game. And yeah. we came out so flat. And then I was thinking, what is missing on this team? Like, I okay, so we we have we have guys that will go to the NBA for sure. Yeah. We have every piece of a potentially Final Four and National Championship type team. But I was watching the offense, and if threes don't fall, and if people match us on our size inside, the college game just lacks a mid-range shot for some reason these days. Mm-hmm. And I think we've talked about this a lot of times, and it came, it kind of like really came to light again because I remembered the UCLA game. I forgot what his name is. The guy with the hair, the point guard with like the big hair. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. I don't remember his name right at, right off the top of my head, but he killed us on pick and roll and pick and uh, pick and pops because yeah. every time he took the roll or the pop happened, they didn't pop to the three. They popped to the jumper on the, on the, on the, at the top of the key. Mm-hmm. Or he would stop at the top of key and pull up the jumper. And it worked every time, right? Like the, the defense just either comes off too strong on the hedges or whatever. They drop yeah. back too far. And so you get enough space. Arizona, nobody does that. Ben, ben, Benedict Matherin, our best player offensively, it took him like five minutes in the second half before he started implementing that. So De- Desi, why? What's, what's the deal with the mid-range being such a lost art? Especially... When we see guys like in the NBA, if you want to mock your game off of people, if you're a Benedict Matherin or, or a guy coming in at the 2-3 spot. So let me answer your question with a question. Do you feel like compared to NCAA men's basketball, compared to NBA basketball, that they use, uh, especially the point guards, that they use the picks in the same way? They don't because of spacing. I know that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they also – they run such a structured offense. It's not necessarily always free flow. Exactly. So there, there isn't a whole lot of opportunities to be spontaneous in some of those movements. And of course, we're we're comparing NCAA guys compared to pro guys. I mean, pro is obviously the mecca of of athleticism. I mean, that's top tier talent. Given, There's a reason. Yeah, I know in that, that given sport, I'm not, right? I'm not so, stupid. So when we look at the the lack of spontaneity on the college side, I would definitely say that it's ingrained in them to run a set offense. I would say to them that it's ingrained to them that if they're trying to get a guy hot, that they're coming off the pick already looking to pass and not really looking to attack. So I, I think it has a little bit more to do with the rigidity of running that offense versus being a bit more spontaneous with your movements and where you pick your shots. I mean, that's where... That's where book and CP3. That's where they're, that's where we're making our money with this. Yeah, it's, and it's, and that's I guess that's where my complaint is. I know the spacing matters, and and it is smaller on the NCAA court. But like at that same with that same regard in mind, why not have a few sets that utilize getting guys in mid range jumpers for bro, shots? That's why I freaking love the damn triangle offense, man. I, oh, again, I've watched, I'm the not damn... subscribing to that, but okay. Yeah. But what I'm saying is it offers them an opportunity to be spontaneous in their movements and to pick and choose when they want to attack or when, when they want to drive the ball. Like I, I just, yeah, the way that I've been described the triangle offense, like makes total sense to me, especially if you have 
a team full of athletes and, and people who can pick certain spots and shoot and drive and do everything that you need out of a really functionally offensive team. So uh, I think it has a lot to do with the rigidity, man. Fair. I remember that shit as a point guard. Like we're trying to run an offense. Like, God damn, like for real. I love that you just again. mentioned point guard because Kirk <laughs> Creasa was in like a slump, 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 slump. Yeah. He was like 0 for 19 or something from three. And he kept shooting. And, and, and there's like a there's a part of me that's like, yep, keep shooting because shoot or shoot. And there's yep. a part of me of like, please try something else and get yourself going. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And finally he got worst, one to go man. down. He yeah, finally it's... got one. I'm experiencing that in real life, though. Brown Roy on our intramurals, <laughs> he'll acknowledge this, is, was living proof of this slump that has happened. We are like 0-6 in our intramurals like God. since like – since that playoff game championship, we lost a bunch. Even our scrims on I played on Roy's team on yesterday. We had a, we had like an open gym scrims. We lost every single game. <laughs> but he finally broke out the slump. He finally saw the ball go through the net. And I think hopefully he can bring that into this week's game. But if Dude, not, I'm if living any, proof. Any pod listeners out there, uh, if you know, you know. Like that shit, that shit will ruin your week. <laughs> it, it, dude, it is it like when the, when you cannot score on shots that you know you've taken hundreds uh, and thousands of times, it's really, really frustrating. Desi, what what would you do to get yourself out of the slump? What are you going to eat? What do you recommend someone, you know, <laughs> what are they going to do to get themselves mentally ready to get out of a slump? Because I think it's hard, man. Bro, I, two things. One, Get yourself in the gym. Two. Let's say the gym's not an option. The pandemic comes back. But I'm saying what you need to be doing, even over getting to the gym, is concentrating and and envisioning seeing that fucking ball go through the hoop. What should you eat while you envision this? (laughs) Is popcorn like what you should be eating, or like, bro? Call back to episode ones and twos. Caesar motherfucking salad. I was hoping you, we would get back to our Caesars, man. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I'm actually excited. Uh, well, especially with playoff basketball coming up, dude. We're going to be talking a lot of Caesar salads. A lot of basketball know. talk is going to come back. And and I, uh, football is king, man. Football is king. And the reason being is the parody. Uh, we've talked about a constant. That's been the episode theme is the parody of the NFL is, is, is the beautiful part of it, right? As Watching as a fan, watching as just a – a spectator in general if your team's not in it the fact that anybody can win is so fun in basketball it doesn't always feel that way but for once it feels like the suns are in the position to get back to the finals so we are definitely going to break down a lot more suns games so desi mm-hmm. you're gonna have to start watching them again i know he, he probably <laughs> hasn't watched one this whole season meanwhile uh, i stay yes, up till I 2 a.m every freaking night trying to watch every little piece of the suns i can yeah, I just I still got to watch one of the games I recorded the other night too because I didn't. Get I'm to actually watch getting to go to the, the game this weekend. I'm going to the Suns really? Wizards game. Yep, nice. uh, Alana had bought birthday tickets for me, so uh, we're gonna hopefully we're sitting on the Sun side. But I am ready, locked and loaded. I don't care what the weather is. I don't care if I got to wear a mask, <laughs> double mask. I will be there, and I'll be saying Booker, Booker, <laughs> notice me, <laughs> Chris. <laughs> what did I'm Paul gonna be yelling Pierce, like a, I'm Paul, gonna be yelling like a little cheerleader girl. Hey, what did Paul Pierce say to you? Fuck your picture, or fuck something Paul like that. Pierce, man. What do, you, what do you say to you though? He said, "Fuck your picture, fuck your picture." How devastating would it be for you if Devin Booker said that to you? <laughs> I would just have to realize I'm a 32 year old grown ass man asking a 25 year old for a picture, and I look stupid as hell right now. So my trick is I gotta have a kid while Devin's in his prime still, and I can take the kid and use that as the excuse. You know? Yeah, maybe I announce my kid trying to get a picture with Booker. <laughs> 
He's four. Wait, you've had a kid this whole time? Yeah, man. <laughs> I just didn't want to announce him. Desi said uh, no one can say anything about my kid until I do. <laughs> and why does your kid have a lowrider? What the hell is going yeah, on? man, right I don't now? know. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, fam. It's been fun. It's been fun. I got we have no music to talk about, unfortunately. Yeah. None. Uh, Desi doesn't listen to music in January. He takes absence from uh <laughs> from all tunage unless he's heard the song before. Hey, tomorrow. Hey, tomorrow uh, as we record this will be February first, so it's it's a new day, man. Is it, so that means you're gonna finally Let's... maybe go ahead and put that weekend <laughs> album on for once. <laughs> you know, I got an idea for next pod. We're definitely gonna have to do this. Obviously, you know, we'll have a week off of football, but I would like to create uh some playoff foods and argue about which which food goes beyond and goes to the the ultimate super bowl we're gonna have a, a food bowl food bowl food bowl how about a yeah. super food bowl super food bowl let's do it i'm in cool i like it i think uh we'll put something together and 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 have a fan vote too yeah all right sorry sign us off let's get the fuck out of here all right well next week is a break from football nobody's gonna watch the pro bowl so take this time to watch some nba games uh, enjoy time, you know, reminiscing on the season or looking forward to next season if your team has promise for next season. With that said, we are signing off. We have no Red Sea to rise up. We have a Suns 10-0 winning streak, so we'll just ride that that we'll Valley that. proudness, you know, as it continues. Maybe the Suns never lose another game and we go 73-9. Uh, 70, yeah. That'd be yeah. great. But if That's not, great. I'd love 60 or more wins. And I'd love to, uh, you know, get back to the finals. But we have we have a whole second half of the season among us. So we will yep. definitely be breaking that down. With that said, have a great week, everybody. Take care of yourselves. We're already one month into 2022, knocked out the park. We got 11 to go. So, you know, get your February straight. Get ready for the listening. Have your Groundhog's Day uh, good to go. Maybe that, maybe the Groundhog will give us spring early. And if not, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Sucks to suck, but yeah. Anyways, have a great week. Uh, happy February if you're listening to this tomorrow. And uh, with that said, we're signing out. Episode 33, aka the Pippin episode, is deuces. And Cliff, get your ass out of here. Cliff, go do some homework.